Saigon Oi! You are now listening to the Creators in Saigon podcast. I'm Dana Drejos, an American expat who's been living in Saigon, Vietnam since July 2018. Like most visitors here, I fell in love with the energy of this city. This energy is generated by the inspiring people here who decided to improve themselves and to be afraid and do it anyway in order to share their gift, passion, or message with our community. These are the people I bring to you in this podcast. So if you're not driving a motorbike right now, get out a pen and paper, get ready to take some notes. And if you are driving, turn the sound up so you can hear over the famous Saigon traffic. Thanks so much for spending your time with us today. Here we go. Welcome back, guys. So be honest, how many expats out there came to Saigon after a tough breakup? Or how many of you came out here with a significant other and things didn't exactly work out how you planned? That's exactly the position Frances found herself in a few years ago. At just 22 years old, she came over to Vietnam from Scotland with her boyfriend, but things didn't work out with him. She was at one of the lowest points in her life when a friend said to her, you need to find your joy. That's when things changed for Frances as she began exploring her creativity and diving deep into the world of travel blogging and Instagramming under the brand name, So the Adventure Begins. But soon she felt stifled and uninspired from trying to conform to what everyone else in the travel blogger world was doing with their photos. What came out of this frustration was one of the realest and most beautiful representations of Saigon in a photo. And a bit of a rant in the caption that resonated with literally over a thousand people. I am a huge fan of Frances, both for her creative soul and for her friendship. She really embodies everything I want people to take away from this podcast, which is to create something that comes from your heart. If you enjoy this episode, share it on your Instagram story and tag Creators in Saigon and Francis's page, so underscore the adventure begins. I would love for as many people to hear this message as possible, and that can't happen without your help. Thank you for being here, and without further ado, here's my interview with Francis. How was it growing up in Edinburgh? It was actually super nice. We live in a very nice neighborhood with parks and it's very quiet and calm and you can walk around in the streets. You can, I don't know, like roller skate and have, mm -hmm. um, we used to have water fights in our street and mm -hmm. it was just very safe. And as a child, I could do anything and everything on my doorstep. We didn't need a car to like drive to the store. We could walk everywhere. Mm -hmm. So coming over here is like super different. I love the difference though. Um, it's a different kind of energy for mm. sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, growing up in Scotland was good. Yeah, I visited Edinburgh for like a week. Yeah, when my my other friend was going to grad school there, um, and I loved it. It's so it's such a walkable so, city, right? Yes, yes. So beautiful. Everything's so green. It's mm -hmm. just like so rich and green. Yeah, I love that. You have a you have a very subtle accent, yeah. I feel like. I don't really have a Scottish accent yeah, anymore. Yeah, like other Scottish people I meet, I'm like, I can't not even understand what you're saying. I'm definitely, so like the majority of my close circle here mm -hmm. are from the US. Mm. So I've definitely like absorbed the Americanisms. <laughs> my company that I teach for is American English, not British English. So I even have like uh, American spellings now. Mm. My parents are not happy with me. <laughs> 
cool. And when did you move here? Um, I moved at the end of summer in 2016. Okay. So this year marks my third year. This is my, my transition from third to fourth year living abroad. Did you expect to stay here that long? Oh, no. Sure. <laughs> no one does. <laughs> um, the original plan... Um, so I moved here with an ex, and he had been wanting to go back to university. So mm-hmm. the plan had been to be away for, like, one year, do eight months of teaching, save up money, do four months of traveling, go back to Scotland, try some new studies, mm-hmm. and figure things out. And then it hit, like, eight months here. <laughs> we just signed a new lease. <laughs> it looks like we're staying for a bit longer. Um, hadn't saved nearly as much money as I had expected because I was traveling a lot in those eight months. Um, just, like, short trips. So then it rolled into a year. And it was like, well, why leave now? I'm having fun. Mm-hmm. Let's just see where this goes. And here I am, three years later, still seeing where things go. You kind of get suckered in, right? Yes, very similar for me. Like, I I had no idea, really. I mean, I was open to... I, I just went into it like, yeah, we'll see. It's my mentality now. Yeah, and yeah, I'm staying another year too. It's like once you start getting into the community and there's such a good community here. That's the problem. When you have friends and you have a solid base, mm-hmm. why would you leave your friends to yep. start all over again? Yeah. When you're super comfortable, you have a good job, mm-hmm. you have a nice lifestyle, you have social <laughs> yeah Why did you? yeah you've you've finally figured it out you can cross the street in the crazy traffic <laughs> yeah. you can you know drive. how to order your food yeah mm-hmm. yeah so it's like you don't want to start all over again in another place how did you I know we've we've talked about this before when people ask oh why did you choose Vietnam yeah what's your response to that oh it's kind of like a weird one so like I knew I wanted to live abroad and I don't know I don't really know when Vietnam came on the radar but I I had done some research so I had found um a couple of blogs and they were talking about like Thailand and how much money they could make there and how easy the jobs were to find and where the jobs were within the country so it it kind of appealed to me and I'd been to Bangkok and I'd been to a few of the Thai islands before so I was like this is the culture that I want to be in this Mm -hmm. kind of um Asian lifestyle but none of the rest really added up like the the jobs didn't really add up um the lifestyle didn't really add up and certainly like the places that were advertising were in the middle of nowhere cities and I just I don't know it didn't appeal to me so I started looking at other Asian countries Mm. Vietnam popped up I had a few friends who'd been before and I asked them like what did you think of Vietnam and they were like oh well we did Thailand Vietnam and Cambodia and and, uh, Vietnam like stuck out miles ahead of everywhere else loved the food loved the people loved the nature Mm -hmm. it was like our favorite and I was like oh cool yeah okay that sounds good yeah yeah (laughs) jobs look good yeah let's just try that and it was Mm -hmm. just like from then on I was fixated with like no I'm not moving to Asia I'm moving to Vietnam this is where I want to be um I don't know it was just like a weird Cool. And had you... You're kind of the same, right? Like, yeah. Like, I don't know. There's something like... Yeah, me too. I I had never been anywhere in Asia. It's quite a shock coming to somewhere for the first time and it's like, this is where you're living. Yeah. yeah. Especially here. Oh my gosh. But your first time ever in Asia? Yeah. I'd never been anywhere in Asia. It was never on my list. I don't know why. I always just had a feeling like, oh, I wouldn't like it kind of thing. And I had 
traveled to a lot of different cities and countries. But yeah, I just started my Google search. Like it was like, okay, I know that I want to teach abroad, live abroad for a year. Started Googling like best places to live and teach abroad. And I think Vietnam was one of the first places that came up in my search and it just clicked. Like it was just an instant. Yeah. Everything lines up. Yeah. It was just an instant feeling. Like literally when I, before I even read anything, I just saw the word Vietnam and it was just like a gut feeling. Yeah. I was just like, yep, that's it. And then everything else I read was sort of just icing on the cake. It just like made sense like you're saying Mm -hmm. I don't know everything about Vietnam like I feel like it's got a mix of everything you could possibly want Mm -hmm. I'm not like preaching I'm like (laughs) you have to move to Vietnam because it's the best yeah I do think that but that's not what I'm saying (laughs) but it is right like it's got the culture it's got great food it's got really welcoming people it's got like Mm -hmm. this urban hip edge coming in Mm -hmm. it's just Mm-hmm. It's got really good jobs still. Yes. There's demand. Yeah. There's a big ex-cap, like, expat community, mm-hmm. especially in um, like Hanoi and Saigon. So, yeah, it's just like the place to be right now if you're yes. a teacher. And I don't think you'll feel that right away. No. Right? Like, when no. you first get here, yeah, it took me quite a few months. I would say like six months. Six months, yeah. To like really settle in, make friends, find favorite places to go, be comfortable enough to drive a bike. Mm -hmm. Like it took six months. When you made the decision that you were going to do this, what was running through your mind? Like what kinds of, maybe you were having some fears? I think a lot of my fears were like overshadowed by my family's fears yeah (laughs) so I just spent the whole time being like no no no, it's fine don't worry like it's cool I'll find a job don't worry about that (laughs) and then like secretly I was like frantically searching online like I need to find a job now because I told my parents it's gonna be fine (laughs) so that took away the edge completely for me and I didn't move here so the first time I moved back in 2016 I didn't move on my own so I guess Mm. a lot of my fears were just they weren't really that big because I wasn't doing it on my own. Mm. Whereas like for you, coming somewhere and literally not knowing anyone, I was always like, at least I know one person in the city. That's cool. Someone that I can live with is chill. I think I was more, so I went home for a month and I was like toying, this was last year, so 2018. Mm-hmm. And I was toying with the idea. I was like, am I done in Vietnam or am I going back to Vietnam? Like I didn't know quite yet. And whilst I was at home, I really missed it. But coming back here, like getting on the plane, that was more nerve wracking to me because I was coming on my own. Mm. And I was like, a bunch of people have left. I'm not starting from scratch, but I know less people. I have a new job. I'm living in a new area. Mm -hmm. That was more nerve wracking. So going on your own is definitely harder, but I think more rewarding. Mm. I've had more fun this year on my own than the other two years put together. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. I can't compare obviously because I haven't seen the other side of it but it's been really cool to do it on my own and it's like satisfying right? yeah it's like yeah I figured this out yeah I figured out how to pay a bill (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know yeah little things like that where um when I had to rent an apartment it was Mm -hmm. the first time that I ever it was the decision was fully on me I had always had roommates that I was looking for apartments with Someone in New York, off of yeah. Me. So it's like, oh, like, what do you think? Or, you know, I saw the place. I was with the landlord. She's showing me the room, and I was interested. And I'm just standing there, silent. And I'm like, 
what what do I do? Like there's no there's no one to turn to right now. This is just me. I'm like I can make this decision right now. And it's just it's wild and really empowering that every single choice you make is like 100% your choice right Mm -hmm. I guess I don't know like small fears I was just like I was just like how do I set up my phone yeah it's like at at home I had like a phone contract right Right. they took like money out of my account every month just like how do I do that in Vietnam Mm -hmm. do I do that yeah no I did pay as you go (laughs) because it's so much easier than setting up a contract but yeah like how do you find an apartment is your landlord gonna be able to speak English with you like how much do your bills cost like stupid small things that are really like you breeze over at home. Can I eat street food without getting sick? Yeah. I've seen so many things online like don't drink ice, don't drink ice. Do oh I my have gosh. Hot drinks all the time. Yeah. Like no. And I you, drink ice all the time here. I crush ice. Yeah. It's for fun. Like <laughs> don't listen to the scaremongering. Basically. Yeah. And uh, what did your friends and family think and say of this decision? I had someone at my old job. It's always stuck with me. She was, like, a little bit older, maybe in her 50s, and she turned to me after I'd, like, resigned, and I was just, like, waiting at my end of my contract. She's like, I can't believe you're moving to Vietnam. I heard they eat dog there. That's disgusting. (laughs) And I was like, you know nothing about Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Like, why are you so concerned? Um, And then I had, like, grandparents being like, but you've never been there before. Like, you don't know the language. Like, how are you going to speak to people? And I guess to me, those were like part of the fun. Yes. Yeah, I've never been there before. This is really cool. Right. Or like, no, I don't know the language, but I get to learn some of it. And I get to like practice interacting with people who are from like completely different backgrounds from me. So I guess like they were a little bit more anxious about it than me. But I also think like my parents held back a lot of their anxiety over it. Mm. And I was quite smart. I like, I had a decent chunk of savings coming out here. I like made sure that I had funds so that if anything did happen and I did arrive and a month later was like, this is terrible, this isn't for me, my parents knew that I was I was safe mm-hmm. and I could come home or if I didn't get a job straight away, it was fine. I had enough money for like three months and I guess that maybe silenced them a little bit, being mature. Like I'm sure they were so excited for you but it's so hard like oh my little baby yeah like oldest child as well kind of random when your daughter who's not even graduated university yet is like I'm moving to Vietnam in two months Mm -hmm. catch you later and did you have anyone not even just anxiety about like your safety and security and with finances but anyone who was for example I had someone at work who was like but you're about to get a big promotion. You could do so well here. You could make so much money. Yeah. And, like, the, this industry is going to change so much in a year. So by the time you get back, it's all going to be different. And I'm like, yeah, do you not get that? That's I don't care. Work. Like, that's I'm the point. Work. Like, I am leaving. I didn't really have that. I think you'd worked already as, like, a grad. Yeah. I hadn't. Mm. I had just finished my degree, and I didn't click with university. I didn't enjoy what I ended up studying and I realized like too late into my course and I was just like do you know what like I should just finish my degree then I have a degree mm-hmm. and that opens enough doors as it is um I did it I knew I didn't want to I did a science degree I didn't want to work in science mm-hmm. you're looking at me now I don't fit with science <laughs> nah it's not me she's a creative I, soul I'm creative <laughs> I'm, I should have done design or something um so I never worked in my field I was still 
doing my university job that I just transitioned to full time for those two months after I graduated and those two months it was always like I have a flight booked I'm moving to Vietnam I didn't have anything I was like throwing away I just not even throwing away passing up a different yeah. opportunity for this one so I didn't have that but um my ex that I moved here with he definitely had that he had already been promoted multiple times in his job and he was reaching the point where like in six months you're gonna be even higher level and you have a nice apartment you have a car like what are you doing there was a lot of people on his side worrying about that I was very lucky I didn't have any of that attachment like <laughs> yeah like a blessing at the same like it's it was nice and what I've come to realize too I think is that a lot of their kind of judgments or fears is more just about them it's a projection and right? not about you yeah mm-hmm. because they are like wow I could never do that like how are they doing that? I guess it takes like a different mindset to want to live abroad as it is. So if they don't have that desire, it's difficult to really understand. What kind of expectations did you have that your life would be like? Because I know I was consuming all of these YouTube videos, looking at all these Instagrams. I was like, wow, my life is going to be vacation and everything's going to be super cheap. And yeah, like what did you think? I honestly, I don't know, I did so much research and yet I still hadn't fully formed this like vision of what it would be, which I think was quite good because if you have no expectation, then there's nothing to be damaged or anything. It's always going to exceed expectations, right? Yes. Um, I definitely didn't expect myself to be, I knew it was going to be hot and I knew it was going to be sunny, but I didn't expect myself to like have my own swimming pool as part of my apartment complex and be able to have a a day vacay on my day off. Um, But then, I don't know, I I think a lot of people at home kind of view it as, well, you only work for half a day, so the the other time is just holiday, right? It's definitely not a a vacay. No. (laughs) Oh, man. But I do get a reality check. Like, if I have a bad day, which everyone has, and I phone my mom and I say, like, oh, this happened today... She's always like, shake up, look around you, there's a bright blue sky, the sun is shining, yes, you might have to work, but you can enjoy that drive to work. Mm. It's really not all that bad. Um, So that's always like a nice reality check that yes, I am living an everyday life, kind of, Mm -hmm. like different working hours and different people around me, but it is in a beautiful place and it is in like an interesting culture. So like every drive is exciting, right? Like you see crazy things. Yeah, absolutely. So it's nice... It's a mixture mm-hmm. of, like, reality, but also fun traveling vibes at the same time. Right, right. It's like I'm still, I still see something new mm-hmm. every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, you'll see something new on the back of a motorbike. You're like, I never knew they could fit that on a bike. Yep. Every day. <laughs> Three dogs? Really? I yeah. didn't know that. <laughs> and I think, you know, people can do that at home too like you don't have to take the same route to work every day or you don't have to go to the same coffee shop and order the same thing every day yeah or like striking up a conversation with the cashier person like just having a new conversation a new interaction I say there's like interesting people around me now but there's interesting people at home I just didn't have the confidence to go and like Oh, what are you selling today? You know? Mm-hmm. Did you know before coming here that you were going to start this travel blog? Mm, I had wanted to, and I had bought the URL 
and I hadn't really done anything with the space and I didn't really do anything with it for the first year. It was just like almost wasted money. Um, and then I posted on Instagram literally like once a month. I was really, really bad at it. My content was not captivating, not interesting, wasn't gaining traction. And then in 2018 sometime, I was like, hey, I had this space, I should try. Um, mm. And I started putting into place like a lot of the research that I'd done in the reading and like I wrote a few articles and I saw them start to gain like a little bit of traction on like Pinterest and Google and stuff. I was like, hey, I should try even harder now. <laughs> and it's kind of morphed into what it is now is like an expat Vietnam centered space. It was something I wanted to do, but I, it took a long time before I got to actually doing it. Why do you think it took a long time? I think I was pretty chicken. I was really scared of what people at home were gonna say about it. Cause mm-hmm. this is like, okay, you've moved abroad and now you're starting like this whole other version of yourself. And I just feel like at home, people don't really pursue their passions, I guess. That, I guess that's what you call it, right? Yeah. I, like, I don't know any people at home making podcasts. Mm-hmm. I don't know anyone at home who is, like, creating their own business from scratch and becoming an entrepreneur and, like, working online, doing VA stuff. Whereas here, I feel like I'm very much surrounded by it. And it pushes you to, like, no, I should exert my creativity and I should create something of value. So I think it took coming here and getting away from people at home and not worrying about their opinions so much. Or not even people at home, just like getting away from worrying so much what people think. It's hard. It is. It's like a weird switch where you're like, actually, do you know what? I don't need to worry about what you think. I know what I think. I'm having fun. (laughs) Exactly. And it is so nice that we have this community here because now it's like, well, I don't need their approval at home anyway. I have. I have people in my bubble here who are my little cheerleaders. Yeah. Like, yes, I love that. Write about this. Share this. Oh, we should go here and check this out and you can write about it. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a nice circle to have. Yes, exactly. What was your first ever blog post about? Do you remember? Oh my gosh. (laughs) I think it was called So the Adventure Has Begun. And it was like my first week here. And it was so bad. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I signed it off by saying like, love Francis. <laughs> and I'm like, girl, you're 22 when you wrote that. Like, why are you writing like a 14 year old? No, but for real, I'm pretty sure if I search, I'll find like Love from Francis. Um, <laughs> it has terrible photos. It's got like a hundred photos in it. It's like all the photos I took on my phone. It's got like airplane food. So like everything from like leaving Scotland, unedited like, selfies with my family, all the way through to like. Look, this is my first meal in Vietnam. And it was, like, far from, like, the most touristy place in town. <laughs> like, it was so bad. I didn't even season my pho. Like, I didn't even know that was a thing. If you've ever had pho, they bring you, like, a bowl of herbs. Yes. And, like, chili sauce and, like, um, just, like, loads of things, like, lime and chilies and everything to add to it. Mm-hmm. And I didn't add anything. Yeah. I just, like, stared at the bowl and was like... <laughs> what is that I don't for? know why they brought me all these herbs. I don't care <laughs> yeah. about them. Just, like, eating the broth. Me too. <laughs> right? Yeah. A photo of my unseasoned fun there. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. <laughs> like, I made it to Vietnam. Here I am. I do remember I lost all my luggage. Oh, so shit. I talked about the fact that all my luggage got lost in Abu Dhabi airport and that I had to wait for three days with no luggage. And you know when you're traveling and it's long haul and you're on an airplane, it's cold, right? Yeah. I wore jeans on my flight over here. Oof. And like, 
I didn't want to pack that much so I had my big sneakers on like running shoes and they did not match my jeans it was not like the fashion back then to have clunky trainers <laughs> yeah it was awful and I had a long sleeved shirt on and I had a scarf and I had one spare set of underwear in my carry-on and that was all I had for three days oh and I was like new to Asia new to the fact that it was like 30 odd degrees it was monsoon so it was humid as hell and i was kicking about in these stupid trainers and skinny jeans black skinny jeans and i was just like oh my god i hate my life right now why did i do this to myself but the luggage arrived literally hours before my birthday so i was like i get to wear real clothes Oh, <laughs> life is made. Oh, that's good that it worked out. That was, I think, the story of my first blog post. That was a really long story to retell. <laughs> oh Sorry. my gosh! And did you get like any views or who were? Oh my god! Like, I your... don't think anyone. I don't think I shared it with anyone. It was like unless you actively so, like search for. It. I'm pretty sure I emailed it to my grandparents. <laughs> I was like, Grandma, I know you're not IT literate, but here's. My, yeah. my adventure I mean it's it's sometimes it's so nice to even just have one like just one person uh, even if it's your mom my mom is all over my Facebook business page yeah. like I know as soon as I post something I'll be like like my, and comment from you go, girl. Amy and I'm like oh thanks mom whereas my mom's the opposite now I get like once a week I'll get a spam from my mom where she likes all my photos from that week and I'm like thank you for checking <laughs> yeah. you couldn't have like helped with my engagement at the time. <laughs> Supportive. How did you think of the name So the Adventure Begins? Oh. And were there many iterations or like other names that you thought of first? Mm, I don't remember any of the other options, but I do remember filling a whole A4 page and sitting with my sister and being like, help me, please, you're creative. Like, tell me what's good. And mm-hmm. she was just like, I don't know, anything sounds good. <laughs> really not helpful but so the adventure begins is like from that like super cliche phrase and so the adventure begins yeah um and I was just I don't know I came across it I think it's associated with weddings a lot Hmm. I see it on like a lot of like wedding gifts and like wedding wear Mm. and I was just like no this is like fitting for me right now because I obviously bought the domain just before I moved abroad so I was like this is like a new adventure yeah and then it's kind of morphed into like Okay, so, like, I bought it just before I started this, but it's now very much become, like, an identity, and Mm -hmm. I feel like... And I like to spin it as, like, life is full of adventures, so there's always going to be a new adventure beginning if you want there to be. Mm. So I'm just like, we're going to see. We're just going to morph with us. Yes. But I I do have friends being like, you need to change your name. It's far too long on Instagram. It's such a long handle to tag, and I don't know if I can really change it now. I'm too invested. I really like it. And it's, like, once you hit the at sign and then start typing, like, it just auto-fills. Right? I know. know. Stop complaining, people. Yeah. Not that hard. I think it rolls nicely. Yeah. What expectations did you have about travel blogging and Instagramming? I I thought it was easy. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. You know, like, it looks effortless. If you look at any of the big pages that are, like, ranking high on Google, it does look effortless. And you don't even realize that there's all this optimizing that goes on behind it and I mean honestly that first blog post I'm pretty sure it was the worst grammar the worst writing the least captivating ever it it was waffled it's probably like my my conversation right now <laughs> can I edit this <laughs> like can I do like 40 redrafts but that was like something that I had to pick up was like how do you optimize a post how do you make sure that people 
read it and they don't clock out after the first paragraph? How do you like draw people in? How do you promote it? How do you take images that tell the story? Mm. I'm still practicing. And that's but, the key. Like it's all practice. Yeah. I have so much respect for big bloggers um, and anyone who is like, oh, I want to be a blogger so I can get free stuff. I'm like, you have no idea. You have <laughs> oh, no honey. idea. The hard work that goes on. This is like my passion project. So I don't ever feel like I'm doing too much work, but I spend most of my free time editing something or creating something, doing some sort of promotion for it, like something mm-hmm. every single day, which is fun for me. But it is a lot of work and I think people get into this like illusion like I'm gonna move abroad and start a travel blog and be successful and have all these viewers and the reality is you have to put in hard work to get there yeah and even still like I've put in a lot of hard work over the last year and I do see some rewards from it but it's still like I have a lot more effort to put in before I get to the point where I am going to be satisfied that Mm. I have done all I possibly could to get it to where I want it to be and I just had this thought in the shower today like the sooner you start the sooner you'll get better yeah. because people will have an idea but just wait and wait and wait so, because okay. they think like oh it has to be perfect it has to be perfect for me to start and I I had that illusion before coming out here I like came up with all these mm-hmm. different names I started a different Instagram and then totally I was like nah this is not for me I think what kicks a lot of people is that each platform um so like okay I have a blog which is obviously a website but your website alone is never gonna gain much traction unless you promote it Mm -hmm. so then you have to invest in like not investing money necessarily investing time and energy and learning like how does Facebook work How can I use Facebook to generate views, to gain an audience? How can I do the same again on Instagram? Because it's a whole other ballgame. And even just maintaining them, not learning more, not doing more, just maintaining them at a steady level is so hard. Mm -hmm. And that's why I only have two. (laughs) I'm not doing Twitter. No, thank you. I'm Mm -hmm. not doing this. I'm not doing that. Stick and like focus. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's so hard, but it is like sometimes you just have to let go. Be like, do you know what? This photo is not perfect but I need to post it now or I'm just gonna sit and like obsess over this one photo instead mm-hmm. of being like okay here's one attempt let me try with a different photo yeah post that one okay let me try it again I've learned this from this one let's try again same with writing right yeah yeah publish the damn blog post mm-hmm. instead of sitting in your drafts for a month <laughs> like and that's what I love about this podcast community is people are so forgiving like in these I'm in all these Facebook groups and people are like dude don't even worry if you don't have a name if you don't even have cover art like just record and post something you can literally have a white square with like your name as the title yeah. and just do it and you'll learn it's a nice as you progression go. as well you'll be able to come back in I don't know two months six months a year and be like look at where I started and right. look at where I am now mm-hmm. it's a nice reminder of self-growth mm-hmm. did you take any kind of photography classes or editing like your stuff is so like you say it's fun for you to do and it's fun for us to look at like honestly <laughs> like when I see these Instagram stories with the videos it's like <laughs> telling a real story I feel like I'm watching a movie and it's just so cool a work in progress Mm -hmm. um I guess I've spent a lot of the past year trying to find a voice creatively Mm -hmm. something that like actually represents 
my personality and I don't know I, I hit a point this year where I was like I'm done with trying to make everything uniform mm -hmm. I'm done with trying so hard to edit all the blue colors and the sky to look the same in my photos I'm like done with it why don't I just try to be a little bit more real and make sure that like my edits are fun and they're like a creative outlook so like the video edits, I love to use all the tools that I possibly can. Like some of my Instagram stories have been like processed in three different apps just to make them like, I don't know, share the energy that I'm feeling from the moment. Different overlays and different like text edits and things. And the music too. Yeah, the music you, as you well, You love right? to add in oh music my God, and I, I love it. It's just like- Music is such a huge part of my life. So yeah. I feel like you don't really understand what this morning felt like if I don't add the music that I was listening to or that- mm -hmm like represents what my drive was like today mm -hmm. you know so yeah I feel like I haven't done any courses but playing around a lot and saying like do you know what I'm gonna throw out this like instagrammer thing so like if you look at big instagrammers all their photos are basically edited in, with the same filters right, right. the same mm -hmm. presets mm -hmm. the same style and I think that limits your creativity mm -hmm. so I've decided to like stop doing that on my own and like I want to put up cool random edits and like just be a bit more creative put text on my Instagram posts mm -hmm. rather than just having a photo mm -hmm. why not be inventive rather it's not just creative like just do something that you've not seen before same with like Instagram stories like just because someone else is posting a video of their face doesn't mean you have to also it's amazing and it truly does stick out in my mind like what because I follow tons of travel bloggers yeah. and I keep coming back to your stuff. Like, I always want to hit your stories because I'm like, ooh, <laughs> like, it's just, like, fun to watch. I, I have, like, this overwhelming, like, need that everything I put out, it has to be somewhat engaging or informant. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't want to post something if it's not useful to someone or if it's not inspiring to someone or... I don't know. So, like, that's always in the back of my mind. Like, the blog Instagram is for the blog. It's for the people that are following me for informational living abroad, for like everyday life in Vietnam. So that's kind of what I share there. I don't like share that I'm going to the gym. <laughs> that's not inspiring. Nobody right. wants to click onto someone's Instagram story to be like, oh, cool. Yeah. You burned 100 calories. Cool. <laughs> like, good for you. That helps a lot if you're trying to create like a brand. Be niche in what you share on like a professional platform. View it as professional platform rather than like personal like I ate a salad today guys praise me <laughs> you know? right and I think people have really appreciated your honesty and authenticity and I want to talk about this somewhat recent post that you had um on your Instagram of the picture with you and it was just this very real representation yeah. of Saigon with like the trash all in the street this was like the the, the point where I was just yeah. like I'm so done with this like picture perfect Instagram I literally spent the morning that day sitting trying to so like I, I'm a batch worker so I tried to like batch my Instagram for the week so I tried to compile seven images that I was going to post one every day that week um, and write captions for them so they were ready to go mm -hmm. because I have a busy life and I was just like I'm so uninspired by these images that I am picking and I think it was because I I'd edited them and I was trying to like conform and then I was like do you know what I had like this sudden urge to actually just create something that has been in the back of my mind it's a it's a view that I see all the time and I think personally 
is beautiful. Like, I don't know, I'm a weird person. I find beauty in like the rough and the raw. I find beauty in the wallpaper that's peeling off. So I went and I like took my tripod and there was a few grab drivers drove past me and were like, why is this girl taking selfies with a tripod? What a weirdo. Um, super anxious they were gonna steal my camera. They didn't. Uh, that isn't even the photo I wanted. That was my test shot. I was just checking that my camera was definitely focused properly. Wow. And then I got home and was like, actually, that's the best one out of the batch that I took. Because all the others were on my bike. Mm-hmm. And that just happened to be the best one. That's super random that I didn't overthink this and it turned out great. And it was like a nice reality check that it doesn't have to be perfect. And there can be trash in the image and it can still be beautiful. And I guess I just had to get my vent out from the morning. But I was so shocked with how that blew up. And yeah. it was refreshing because I had other bloggers... I had other expats, but I also had a lot of people from home comment on it and say like, oh, this is so nice to see because I've never been there and this, I didn't know, right? Like, I just thought Vietnam was filled with temples and mountains. Right. No, it's filled with skyscrapers also and it's filled with like a lot of very real issues that Mm -hmm. I feel are becoming more and more like prominent here. It's like the trash issue is a big deal, but there's a big movement going on also, right? I guess it was just refreshing to know that I wasn't going crazy to be frustrated by the way that social media is yeah especially with someone so invested in it yeah the same, I right? mean like you spend that... so much time on social media that you have frustrations with it yeah and it's so I I have a few takeaways from that and one being it's so important that you actually were able to listen to yourself and like yeah hear what your what you really wanted like deep down because I think a lot of people struggle with that and it's like you you literally felt stifled in your creativity and you had to just like break out of these chains and do what you want to do and not care about how it looks well like when I hit publish on that post I literally didn't care Mm -hmm. I was like if someone sees this they see it but I don't care about the algorithm anymore I don't care if it gets picked up on hashtags yeah. I don't care if people save it or people like it or people comment on it. It's just like I personally needed to get that vent mm-hmm. out. And that's kind of the way that I've been viewing Instagram ever since is like I want to share this information in my caption and if it's of use to one person, it was worth sharing rather than this like, I don't know, image obsessed thing. Like I like this photo. I want to share it rather than it be, oh, this photo isn't worthy. Mm -hmm. or this caption isn't worthy or like just anything like that like no post what you want to post and share about what you want to share but that's such a beautiful perspective and point to make is that if you're not having fun and if you're not enjoying it then why are you doing it like Mm -hmm. you need to come back to your why and that will shine through and that will naturally just attract people to you like people are just attracted when you are happy and just fulfilling your best self but also like it attracts like the right circle so like yeah the same right you've got into podcasting and now you're attracting a lot of people who are also interested in the same thing Mm -hmm. so like you work with a lot of like um relationship coaches and like mindfulness right Mm -hmm. so you now have this whole circle around you that Mm -hmm. is like just going to gravitate towards you yes and you'll find like it's strange how many opportunities open up when you're just honest with yourself Mm -hmm. this is what I want to post about and suddenly all these people are like me too yes (laughs) have a little party and those are like the only people I want around me exactly it's like like my standards have been raised like I will not accept anything less yeah it's the same thing like earlier when you were talking about like people's fears at home and like why didn't you start 
blogging or podcasting when you were at home it's like sometimes it takes just like a little bit of a step back or like a change in mindset to be like I don't care about those people they're mm-hmm. like friends from uni and school and they'll always be friends from uni and school but they're not who I want to be surrounded by for this creative part of my life and was that your most liked post I saw it had like over a thousand I don't know if it is. I it's, it's very high up there. I yeah. have another post that I posted after my road trip last year. And I actually loved that photo so much. And again, the person I was traveling with was like, nah, this isn't a good photo spot. And I was like, take the damn photo. <laughs> Please execute my vision. <laughs> um, which was funny because my camera had died also. So I was like, you have to use your camera. <laughs> but um, I didn't post um very much of my road trip at the time um I was far too happy living in the moment and then I posted about it afterwards and the image that I posted was one of my favorite ones I've ever taken and it kind of blew up at the time but that that recent post it definitely blew up to I think almost the same amount and so why do you think it resonated with so many people I think so like obviously the most recent one was like a rant that many people can relate to and then the one that has the most engagement and likes. I think honestly it came because I did stories all through my trip. So it was a two month road trip from the the south to the north. And I storied every single day for the whole two months. And I shared more or less like everything that was happening, like um, things that I was seeing from the road, things that I was doing in all the stops, the people I was traveling with, like just like stupid moments, like giggling with people and I think because I'd shared so much of my stories it felt more like people were with me mm. but I'd never posted a photo on my grid or like on the actual Instagram grid so when I did they were like yes this is like the high quality version of like what we've been seeing for the past two months and like everyone knew I was traveling with my camera and taking like a lot a lot of photos <laughs> but no one had seen them so I think it was just like oh like she she actually has these like amazing photos Um, It was just, I don't know. I think it was just because I had shared so much on stories. And I think, too, it clearly says that people are hungry for this this type of content. Yeah. People feel like you were all sick of seeing the temples and Mm -hmm. all that, like... Now, if I get a new follow request from, like, those people who are just trying to get a follow back and then Mm -hmm. they'll unfollow you, but now like those big travel instagram pages that i see if i just see a bunch of like the most typical i'm like man i've seen this same picture so many times i don't need to see it again i actually saw a photo today from like a spot i think it's in nusa bedina or somewhere near bali i was like i have seen this exact photo recreated probably a hundred times yeah maybe more I don't need to see another recreation like be creative find your own photo spots right don't just go because everyone else goes there mm-hmm. take a photo down a random street because you thought it looked nice yeah share that it's more inspiring and it must be so much more fun that way like yeah spontaneous yeah. rather than being like okay so I have to go here and I have to go here at this time, time at three in the morning, morning because oh. that way no one will be around I know right yeah. like it's just boring and <laughs> limiting. <laughs> mm-hmm. I want to talk about how how you feel like you've personally grown on this journey from living abroad and starting a blog. I feel like you share a lot of 
thoughts that you have about mm. <laughs> breakthroughs that you've had? I think I've definitely become, it's not because I've been abroad, but I think the events that have happened whilst I've been abroad have mm-hmm. led to me being honestly like content. Like, you know, like not just like, I'm happy today. Yeah. But like an underlying all the time, I'm content with my life and I'm happy with the people that are around me because I want them to be around me. So like, I went through a big breakup last year and that really was like a switch in my head. I was like, you've been complacent for so long Mm. and you've just been accepting like whatever is dealt to you rather than going out there and proactively being like, no, I don't want to be friends with you. You're not a very nice person. I'm going to actively find people with similar interests that are nice humans that I want to be friends with and I'm going to actively make you my friend. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, you know? that's amazing. Yes. And I think that changes, like, that switch. It changes your outlook on life and you start to do that in just, like, everyday things. So, like, you stop wasting your time watching Netflix for 12 hours a day mm-hmm. and you start actively working on, no, this is what I want to be doing and I'm going to work today to help me get like even just a tiny tiny millimeter closer towards it it's worth it but also independence i feel like i was not very independent at home in ways that i didn't realize and i don't even think it's like that major it's just like i i'm independent and i want to eat this for dinner and i'm gonna go and eat this even if i go on my own silly little things not so much like i have my own apartment at home i have my own apartment here it's not that kind of independence it's more minute things yeah. I want to do this. I'm going to do this mm-hmm. even if I'm doing it solo. Just that confidence too. Confidence. Like, there yeah. you go. That's what it is. Not independent. Yeah. <laughs> A little both. Confidence to be independent. And like, I guess just being comfortable enough in yourself that you're not worried about people judging you for like eating dinner mm. by yourself. It's like, I whatever. Know, you don't know multiple me. Multiple meals by myself. Yeah. Every day. That's so cool. And what I noticed too from you is a really positive mindset and always putting a positive spin on things like I remember one post you had it was this quote we see things as we are not as they are mm-hmm. by Anais Nin I have no idea how you say her name I have no idea but I remember She's I saw famous. that yeah <laughs> and a lot of you you interpreted it as having a positive mindset and then I interpreted it as people will kind of project their insecurities mm-hmm. on you like we were talking about before so they'll yeah. see it as what's going on in their own internal world and that has nothing to do with it's very much projection mm-hmm. I think like if you have a negative outlook then everything seems negative like even right now like there's gray clouds rolling in you could negatively be like oh my god it's gonna rain today this is terrible or you could be like it's gonna rain today. That means the temperature is gonna drop. Yes. And we can wear jeans outside. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> I get so excited about the rain. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh thank God. That means that I can go outside and but it'll be a nice, nice cool temperature. It's like a switch. Yeah. It's um. I always see this quote repeated as well. It's like instead of saying I'm sorry I'm late, say thank you for waiting for me. Ooh. Do you, I like I I really struggle to put it into play. But I like the concept behind it because it's like, instead of saying something negative, like, oh, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. say something positive, which is like, I'm thankful. I like that. It's, it's quite smart. So much. I need, to, I need to practice this more. Yeah, yeah. So, so next time I see you and I'm late, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thank you for waiting for yes. me. <laughs> 
So now I want to talk more about how you kind of got to this point. So were there any helpful practices that you did to get you to this point of thinking more positively or being more thankful? Hmm. Honestly, I think that breakup last year was the trigger for everything. And I think the fact that it happened abroad and I had friends, but I didn't feel like I had like a best friend abroad or like anyone super, super close that I could lay everything onto. And I think um, that meant that I got really low at the time. Mm. And it was the lowest I've ever been, like rock bottom. I was like crying on the phone to my sister's boyfriend at one time. She went in the shower and I like was like, I don't want to hang on the phone, please. <laughs> and I'm like, he didn't want to hear me crying on the phone. Like, I was super low. Yeah. And then my friend, she met me for coffee. She, like, dragged me in the house. She was like, no, you need to, like, eat some food. Went for coffee. And she was like, you just need to find your joy. I was like, do you know what? I do need to find joy. (laughs) I have no joy in my life right now. I'm miserable. I'm abroad. My family are all at home. I'm still working right now. And I was just like, oh, this, like, I have to put on this show for these poor kids every day. Were you blogging yet at this time? I was blogging, yeah. Mm. And I took a backseat. I didn't post anything for, like, over a month. So maybe like six weeks I didn't post anything mm-hmm. and there was like I'd say there's like three things that really helped me um someone suggested I meditate so I downloaded a meditation app mm-hmm. and I would meditate when which I'm, one it was um oh what's it called headspace headspace yeah one. okay headspace. yeah so I would do like a 10 minute meditation mm-hmm. in the morning they're really good because they like yeah. talk you through it and the thing that I took away from that the most um, was like in the meditation at the start they always talk about like acknowledge your feelings but let go of them and like Mm -hmm. watch it like float away and I do that every day I'm like oh my god this person just broke their like they were driving in front of me and they just broke so fast and now I've had to like slam on my brakes I'm like do you know what there's no point in getting road rage over this I acknowledge that I feel frustrated by this but let's move on that's really um, good for like general happiness not letting small things get to you um so meditation was great I started journaling and I wrote down three things I was grateful for every day and I think I did that for like almost a full three months before I like slipped up on days and like missed a few days and I was saying earlier like I don't do that anymore and I don't meditate or like as like a general thing anymore I use those as like tools for when I'm having a bad day to like remind myself if people want to find you or get in touch with you, how can they do that? So I have the blog, which has my has like a contact form on it that links to my email. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, if they have like lengthy questions, that's the best way. Especially if it's something about like teaching or living abroad, because normally those are not like super quick answers. Um, so that's the easiest way. And then we can talk through email. Or I have um, a, like a blog Facebook page, which is also just like at So The Adventure Begins. And that's good for like any long messages also. And then I have my Instagram also. Mm-hmm. So I get quite a lot of like easy, small questions through Instagram, like nice, quick things. Okay, great. I'll link that in the show notes. And now I have three, or is it two? It's two. Rapid fire questions for you. So don't think, just answer. Okay, pressure. What are the top three emotions you experience each week? Oh, each week. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I don't know. (laughs) Um, Rapid, rapid. (laughs) Joy. (laughs) Um, Gun to your head. Just like gratitude or feeling blessed kind yeah because like I sleep with my curtains open so sometimes 
like I wake up early anyways but sometimes I wake up literally from like a golden glow in my room and I'm yes. like oh my god this is so amazing <laughs> I can watch the sunrise and I feel very grateful in those moments yeah that's beautiful um and then hmm, I don't know what the other one would be I get joy from like stupid small things as well like I get joy from getting tea from my favorite coffee shop I don't know I guess like excitement or yeah. something I don't know I teach young kids when you're in a classroom with like six-year-olds and they like come over to you with something you're just like oh my god this is the most fun ever and you're like jumping around the room with these little kids so yeah. I guess like excitement that's great joy excitement gratitude amazing yeah. okay and what physical objects do you currently own <laughs> that you think you will still have with you when you die assuming you die oh of old God. age I have things that I really Lord want willing. to have mm. the reality of the things <laughs> I will have um, right now I want to still have a pair of chopsticks that I bought in Singapore so I was born in the year of the dog and I bought them during the new year like lunar new year so they had this like stall with all these special ones that had like engravings on them so I have a year of the dog set of chopsticks thought I lost in my last apartment I lost one of them and I like messaged my old roommate and I was like you need to find this other chopstick I can't keep just one chopstick but I still have them both now I would like to have them when I die I would like to have my motorbike but the reality is that I don't know how easy it's going to be to get out of Vietnam mm. I really want it though I'm it's like, so cool that thing is so cool I really really want it <laughs> like so badly you'll and just have to drive me... it all the way to Scotland I know I was like I wonder if I could drive it to like Thailand or something mm. um, it's probably going to cost me double what I paid for it to get it home mm. I think it would be worth it what else do I want three things two things Um, no number no number oh. yeah they're probably it for right now I yeah. have a few things at home like, uh, I have, like, an antique chest and stuff at home. Mm-hmm. Silly things. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, nice to have. It's nice to have that question, though, because it's, like, a reminder that I don't need these clothes that I'm wearing. Right. Like, what what is so important that... None of that, that jewelry over there I need. Like, what is so important that you, when you're, like, 90 years old and you're sitting in your little rocking chair, yeah. like, what do you want to be able to still have? I don't have it right now, but I would love to get a lantern made mm. in Vietnam, you know, like one of the silk Hoi An lanterns. Yeah. I would love cool. to have one of them when I die. Mm-hmm. Just be like, that is my Vietnam memory. And then I guess the chopsticks from Singapore are just like, they were just a cool thing and it was like my first Tet here. So I was just like, oh, this is like so cool. I'm here for this yeah. big festival that I never knew about at home. Mm-hmm. Such a big deal here. It's like Christmas. So yeah, mems. Awesome. This was so much fun. It's it's so good to have you as a friend. Like I'm so happy that we connected all those months ago and you've been such a great support for me and for <laughs> so many other people I know in the community and I can't wait to see what you do in the future and where oh your blog God, goes. I'm excited to see this yes. materialize into this <laughs> big amazing podcast. I can't yes. wait. Thank all you right. for having me. Thank you. I felt so good after this chat with Frances. I hope you do too. My favorite part was her talking about how terrible her first blog post was. It really just shows that the first time you try anything, it's probably going to suck. But the point is to keep practicing and to not worry about it being perfect. Trust me, I know this is a lot easier said than done, and I actually talk a bit about my perfectionist tendencies over on the Instagram page. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it in your Instagram story and tag Creators in Saigon and Francis's page 
so underscore the adventure begins. I'm sure Frances would love to hear your thoughts over on Instagram, and she'd also love to see you over at her blog at sotheadventurebegins.com, where she shares loads of tips about traveling and lifestyle in Vietnam. Thanks again for listening. Now go out there and create something. Thank you so much for listening to the Creators in Saigon podcast. The music for the podcast was created by Lewis Wright and the cover art was created by Priyanka Mehta, both creators in Saigon. Everything else is done by yours truly. I hope this discussion has inspired you to create and to learn more about who you are. If you or someone you know would be a good guest for the podcast, send me a direct message over on Instagram at Creators in Saigon or email me at creatorsinsaigon at gmail.com. If you are a business owner with a product, service, workshop, event, anything you think this community would benefit from knowing about, I'd love to collaborate with you. So send me an email and let's see what we can make happen. I want to make this show better and better for you guys. So please, if you have any feedback or ideas for me, I'd love to hear them. I have some exciting ideas of my own and some incredible guests lined up for the future. So keep coming back for more. I also want as many people in Saigon to hear these messages as possible, so I need your help to rate and review on Apple Podcasts, share in your social media, and share it with your friends. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you soon.